Our first UK buyer in 2021 came in June. So we're back with Sean, Managing Director of Cloudline Spain. And it's been a couple of months since the last market update. That presumably is a good sign. And if what other agents and generally people in the industry are saying is that it's been an extremely busy summer. How have you found it, Sean? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. I mean, I think that um, it was something we wanted to do on a monthly basis, if not bi-monthly basis, and it's kind of gone out the window, hasn't it? So um, I've been, it's all kind of come along at once. I've been trying to, to buy a house, which I'm sure um, people who uh, look at these videos on a regular basis will no doubt have uh, appreciated. And we have just come out or are just heading out of our busiest period ever in our in our 20 years of, of business here on the Costa del Sol. So it's all been a little bit crazy and um, trying to, to manage all that through and making sure that obviously our, our staff have been able to cope, uh, that our clients have been looked after to the to the level that we uh, that we expect and also that we've managed to get the odd weekend in here and there for a little bit of a holiday so it's yeah it's been a it's been a good time i'm not moaning but yeah the the, the silence from my end is is due to the fact that we've just been busy and of course when you run your own business whenever you're mad busy you're always conscious that you're not doing the things that have made you mad busy so it's things like the admin and the marketing activity and the videos and stuff like that so I'm hoping that now we seem to be coming out of this mad busy period that I'll be able to uh, to get back onto it and do a little bit more at the back end. Typically, August is a time when uh, agents, or at least bosses of agencies such as yourself, might take a back seat and put their feet up and and maybe escape the heat and go back to their northern European country of uh, of origin. I take it this August it wasn't a feet up experience for you. You know what, Alfredo, I've been trying to do that for 20 years and I've never had an August where I felt comfortable. I mean, the, the ideal for me would be to spend the whole of August maybe back in London or, or somewhere in the UK where they, the weather's a bit kinder to my pasty skin and, you know, it's just a change of scenery, really. Here, it's a little bit too hot for me, a little bit too busy. But in 20 years, I've never been able to do it. I think I had one year when I actually went for two weeks and after about a week, you know, the phones were ringing off the hook and it was like oh my god and I, I, I felt like I was abandoning my ship and this year absolutely no chance um, August is a weird one July and August we can always sense it coming about the third week in July you know when the kids normally break up in northern European countries and we see the activity we see the, the you know the traffic building up and we know what's coming the problem is that in August you can get a lot of people who've combined a property search with a holiday and they may not necessarily be your prime clients because their agenda is, is split, but you still have to look after them because amongst all of those people who, who maybe they've had enough of the beach and they just want to go and have a look at some properties for the day to keep themselves entertained, amongst all those are some amazing golden nuggets. So you have to do it all and you know hit upon the ones that are, are genuine, who are serious, who are ready to buy. And this year, particularly, there's been a lot of people in that position. And, and what's skewed the whole thing is that the Brits are back. And I think we, uh, we did a video uh, a little while ago saying, well, where are they? <laughs> well, they're back. And I think it's, it's you know, I've got some stats here, which I, I hastily, uh, hastily arranged before this, uh, before this meeting. Our first UK buyer in 2021 came in June. 
we are going to have our record year without a shadow of a doubt. We, we've already, we've, we've done more business in July and August transactional value than we did in the whole of last year. And last year wasn't a bad year, but anyway. So our first UK buyer this year came in June. So from January to May, we've had no UK buyers at all in the market. That one in June, we then had nothing again in July from the UK. And then since August, 59% of our buyers have been from UK nationals, including all of our buyers so far in September. So you can see how the market shifted. We are, I mean, we're an English language company. We do speak other languages, but you know, our website is all in, in English. We don't translate it. So we are, we have always been a predominantly kind of UK company. And up until the summer, we just had nothing coming from the UK. We had lots and lots of clients, some great clients, but from all over the world. And as soon as the UK have been allowed to travel without too many restrictions, still cost a fortune to get all your tests and your filling out your forms takes about two weeks. But since they've been able to come here, you know, the UK buyers have, have kind of blown us away. But that's, you know, this has been a weird market. It's a weird market for everyone, no matter what business you're in. But for us, it's definitely segmented it into, into demographics and into certain times of the year when there's been activity from certain groups. End of last year, in your market update, you forecast them that there would be a, a fairly busy summer once the mm. skies reopened. In July, you had the the busiest July you ever had in 20 years, uh, certainly in terms of, of, of sales value. Mm -hmm. Then in around July time, maybe June time, whilst it was all a bit frantic, you, you forecasted that the absence of Brits was purely down to travel and that when the skies reopened for the Brits, where there was a delayed reaction, as you just described, that we would see the Brits here and we're now seeing the Brits here. Mm -hmm. What's happening on uh, quarter four then? <laughs> Good question. Who knows? Um, the interesting thing is, just to finish off the figures, our average sale value in August was €700,000, uh, which is a little low for us. Our average sale value so far in September is £1.4 so it's double. It's, it's in, and that sort of goes back to the, the holiday maker combining it with a, a property hunt and then the, you know, the serious, I say serious people, everyone's serious to an extent, but the people who are only coming over to to look at properties and they tend to be the ones that come over september october november so i i honestly don't know because i don't know if the madness of the last three months has been due to that un, unfulfilled demand from the covid pandemic so you know is this year basically going to be i don't know two or three years worth of, of activity and revenue and then it just goes back to normal because we've, we've got a glut of clients wanting to to buy a second home in Spain. I suspect there's an element of that. But I also suspect that a lot of people are looking at life very differently. I mean, particularly if you're in the UK, I mean, that seems to be becoming a third world country overnight at the moment. It's, it's mad. I'm not going to get too political, but my goodness, that's not a place I'd like to be. So we're getting a lot of people, particularly the high end, who are thinking, hang on a minute, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I, I want to be where the sun is shining, even if it's just for six months of the year because of tax reasons rather than anything more. But we're getting a lot of those people who are making that quite big decision to access a, a second home in Spain or actually just to pack in what they're doing back in the UK or Germany or France or wherever and, and move here. So I think that the market will settle down to more realistic levels in terms of volume. But I also think that there's a new breed of client that's on its way 
um, that we've already seen um, who is is looking to make a more permanent or a semi-permanent move here to, to Spain. So to answer your question, I don't know is the, is the honest answer because we never know. But I've been right so far. I think the last 12 months I've been pretty spot on in terms of what I predicted uh, in terms of activity. Really. And I think I can just sense it calming down a little bit in terms of levels of, 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 of interest and also um, transactional levels on the, you know, on, on the ground. Having said all that, though, our conversion rates are through the roof. So our conversion rates are double what they normally are. By conversion rates, you mean from visit to sales? From visits to sales, yeah. So it means to me that people who are here looking at property are well-researched. I mean, they have plenty of time to research, let's be honest, but they're well-researched, they know what they want, and they're determined to do it. And that's fantastic for us, you know, because nothing better than a well-researched, well-qualified client. So, yeah, our, our, our conversion rates are up. Now, whether that, again, whether that changes because they were the people that had all the time in the world during COVID to, to look at all this and examine it and almost come to us with a shortlist, whether that's going to change now to a, you know, a, a normal client who may need two or three visits and may just, you know, may be happy to, to spend more time doing it. I, I don't know. But I, the mood I sense in the market is that my bears are hot potato. People want to be here. People want a place in the sun, particularly, as I say, at that mid to high end where people can afford to do it in style. And there's not many places, certainly in Europe, where, you know, where it competes with what Marbella has to offer. And by Marbella, I don't just mean Marbella town or, or district. So it's a really, you know, it's a really interesting market. Last year, we saw a glut of high-end sales. So although we didn't do a huge amount of transactions, as I say, last year, we did as many transactions as we've done in, I think, July and August this, this year. But those were of such significant value because the only people that really could buy last year were the people who, you know, either they didn't need to get here and they could just make that decision or they could get here without worry of reporting to work on a Monday morning. So let's be honest, we're talking about the wealthy people. So last year was was the wealthy hoovering up options in the in the key areas and the five star areas. This year has been a, a more consolidated approach from all angles of the market. First six months, mainly Northern Europe and other parts of the world. And I think the second six months will be the UK buyers. So it's it's just interesting how it all works out, isn't it? Do you think that the fact that this um, the tax breaks that the Junta of Andalucía gave to the end of the year on, on stamp duty and, and whatnot, on transfer tax, runs out at the end of the year, combined with this sudden rush of higher-end purchases in the prime areas of Marbella, starting to perhaps affect the balance between the supply and demand balance, trying to become more of a more demand than supply? Do you think this will contribute to quarter four being perhaps continuing busy? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Although the feedback I've had is that the, the reduction in transfer tax and stamp duty is more of a, oh, that's that's great, that's handy, rather than a driving force to, to make people buy. I think for the sake of one or two percent, people will buy at the right time rather than feel rushed into it. But certainly for the, the top end of the market, we recently did a, a transaction, I think at three and a half, uh, yeah, three and a half million euros uh, the other week. And, and, you know, when you're comparing transfer tax of 7% and the best part of 10%, then that's a significant saving. So I think for the, the high end buyers, it maybe has become more, more important. But again, it's all relative, isn't it? You know, the high end buyers might not need that discount, whereas somebody buying at 200,000, it might be a big, a big deal for them. So 
it's it's uh, it's all relative. So it's not really a strong incentive. It's just a little extra. Yeah, it's just a little bonus, extra. little bonus. It's not going to yeah, mean that. What I'm getting at, it does. It's not going to mean that come quarter one of 2022 that it's all going to go very quiet because all the funds over and 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 whatnot. I, I don't, I, I don't see that. And I think the reason you know I can say that is because we're still getting people buying off plan, where obviously the those savings aren't going to be relevant because they're completing in a year or two's time. Well, they may be. They may continue with the the reduced uh, reduced stamp duty and things like that. But it's only a small difference, isn't it, on the stamp duty? Yeah, it is. It's one point five down to one point two on, uh, on 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 new bills. But the transfer tax is an interesting one. I mean, I've just benefited from that myself. I'm buying a, a house at the moment. And when I saw all the figures, I thought, oh, okay, I've saved myself a few quid there. And it's always a nice feeling, isn't it? We all like a bit of a bargain. So, yeah, that was nice. And you, you just bought a house in the country. In the country. Well, You've yeah. gone rural. I've gone campo. But, hey, um, yeah, I've been up in Monte Mayor, which is, look, it's only 10 minutes from where I am now. So it's not, a, it's not as if I'm going to be um, growing my own olives and, and um, you know, herding a, a load of sheep around or anything like that, Alfredo. Don't get is any it, ideas. Is this, is this a, a coincidence or is this following the trend of people moving out to more space and, you know, this whole idea that because of what's been happening in the world, everybody's in a run to the country and want to live on a tree or something like that? Uh, do you know what? It's like most things in life. It's a combination of things. I mean, I we have an office in Guadalmina, which was was heavily populated by our staff up until COVID, and everyone started working from home. Now I can't get them back, so our office is is kind of empty. It's got some nice furniture in because we also have the furniture business, but we're not really using it. So I'm I'm trying to run two businesses from my kitchen table. This is my this is the empire. <laughs> this is the empire. <laughs> And the reason we're in the kitchen today is because I'm surrounded by boxes elsewhere. So please forgive me. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I looked at it the other day with my partner Paul, and we, we said, you know, the, the piles of paper were getting higher and higher as we were trying to eat our breakfast, and I was trying to like pay people and and settle things. And, and I just thought this is this is getting crazy. You know, we're trying to run two businesses from a kitchen table, but that was co- that sort of coincided with finding a house that we thought was genuinely good value in an area that we liked, and we just thought, you know what. You know, and we could afford it, which is great. So we, we just thought, let's let's make the move. It's a lot more space than we probably need. But I've never had my own pool in Spain, which I kind of quite liked. I'm at an age now where, you know, I think I should have my own pool. <laughs> I've never had a dog in Spain. I'm, a, I'm an animal lover because I've always lived in apartments or, or houses that were kind of in a, in a development. So it's just a change of, change of pace, change of life. I'll be announcing my retirement any day soon. <laughs> In line with what you were saying about the, the, we're seeing the British coming finally. They're no longer part of the, the European Union, so they can't just willy-nilly uh, grab a residency. It's not as straightforward as it used to be. Yeah. Is that something that has, is coming up in your conversations with the buyers, or, or are they mostly not planning on spending more than six months here anyway? No, it's coming up every time. Because I think even if you're buying a holiday home for six weeks of the year and you're going to rent it out, I think... Maybe you're doing it with one eye on the future. And I think a lot of people do it with the intention of maybe semi-retiring or retiring eventually to their home in Spain. So it's a conversation we're having on a daily basis. We've actually just partnered with a company that provides specialist advice for particularly for British people uh, when it comes to organizing their tax affairs, because particularly higher up the chain you go, I mean, there are there are ways around it in terms of different visas and stuff like that. But obviously then you have the impact of wealth tax and if you have a serious level of worldwide assets, then, you know, Spain is not the cheapest place to live. And we've had clients looking at, at Portugal recently and 
a lot of them have actually come back to Spain because although the tax benefits are, are better in Portugal, the lifestyle isn't. And they've decided that the lifestyle outweighs the outweighs the uh, you know the tax benefits. So it's it's an interesting market at the moment. People trying to find their feet and trying to find uh, you know a degree of comfort in where they are, but also you know they want to make sure that legally and financially it, it makes sense for them. This is homework that they could do in advance. Am I right? Absolutely, Absolutely. And, and they should do because you know we had a client very recently last week, last couple of weeks who who. Had already consulted the the experts on this and so has all their kind of calculations done as to where they could be where they should be and then it was a case of coming over here to see if they liked it enough to to veer away from the the portugal um, angle anyway they did you know they, they they loved it over here they could see that it was a a lifestyle that suited them far more than than, than portugal which i think i mean portugal's beautiful there's some great places there some great resorts but I think, it, and we had this discussion with the clients when they were here. It's you know the little the little bubbles of of luxury and 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 elegance that you find are just that they're little bubbles. You come out of that bubble, and then it's it's Portugal, which is it's probably not as advanced as the Costa del Sol in terms of infrastructure, in terms of of kind of how they do things. So you can feel a little bit. Oh, hang on a minute. You know, we need to get back into our bubble. Whereas the Costa del Sol is just a bigger bubble, isn't it? You know, again, it's not the real Spain. But one thing I would say is that there's going to be an interesting thing that happens with vendors over the next six months. Over the summer, because of the glut of, of demand, and it's something you referred to earlier, because of the glut of demand, we had a lot of vendors strengthening, strengthening their position. That was coupled with, with a couple of things, actually. There was, there was the overriding impression for vendors that there was a lot of activity in the buying market that they could hang on to their, their asking price uh, for, you know, as much as possible. And then there was a second thing where a lot of vendors were actually using their properties for the first time in a, in a long time because of COVID. And although they may have had the property on the market during COVID, they actually came over here in July and August and loved it. And now it's like, oh, actually, we're not going to sell. So we've got a, a guy, I'll, I'll, he's probably watching this video, actually, a, a Swedish guy, really lovely client who's tried to buy two properties. He's made full asking price offers, one in Puerto Banus and one on the Golden Mile. So hot areas in terms of, of buying activity and on both occasions the vendors turned around and said ah, we're not selling now and he's there making asking price offers so i think what will happen though i think as the market cools a little bit and i'm not expecting it to cool to nothing there'll still be a lot of buyer activity but i think buyers are going to be or are going to have the opportunity of being a little more you know they're going to be able to look around and look at different options there's not going to be that glut of buyers for the same property so i think vendors are going to have to rethink a little bit if they do seriously want to sell they can't be as bullish as maybe they have been over the summer and that in turn will represent some opportunities for buyers who are just prepared to wait maybe two or three months for the market just to to ease a little bit i've got a guy at the moment who's who's doing exactly that he thinks the developer is getting a little bit uh, optimistic with his pricing as I do. So the developers seen a lot of activity over the last three months, but I think the same developers going to be, you know, by the end of the year, end of the tax year as well here in Spain, they're going to be wanting to do some deals. It's a risk because obviously the, the units that, that you like in that development, maybe the ones that, that go before Christmas, but he's prepared to take that risk and hope that the prices come down maybe by four or 5%. So interesting, interesting kind of where we, where we head with all of this. In the prime areas this, this year so far, People that I've spoken to, um, both in terms of agents and developers, master agent type type characters, 
they're, they're saying that we're running out of decent stock in some of these prime areas, particularly in Marbella itself. Do you think this will lead to it becoming more of a more of a off-plan market because of the lack of existing stock available? Definitely. I mean, particularly the top end, it's been cleaned out in a lot of places. So I know you spoke to Roger from Sorvilla and um, they've created their own market in the way around the sea, very, very successfully and very cleverly high-end um, beautifully presented properties and they you know they have run out of stock and, and clients who want that are like you know where do I go now I'm going to have to do a reform project or whatever so I think in that market there's definitely going to be a, a move towards off plan the problem is of course is is finding land that you can either you know redevelop an existing villa or where you can build something from scratch because a lot of the the best land is already gone and what's happened of course during covid is that we didn't really have any developers taking a risk so we didn't have anyone starting any new projects there's still the legacy projects from before covid that need need selling out and that will that will happen over the next i'm guessing 12 to 18 months but in terms of new projects there's not a lot going on because it would take it would have taken a really brave developer to have released a project in covid you know during the covid times because nobody knew what world we were going to emerge into so it's a really interesting thing. I think there's there's going to be some off-plan opportunities coming up. But then, of course, you've got the, the thing about, you know, will people wait? We all know now how long 18 months feels. Do we want to, do we want to wait another 18 months to enjoy a hard-earned place in the sun? So maybe the way forward is an eco-build developer who's going to knock these things up in 6 to 12 months rather than 18 to 24. Maybe there's an opportunity for that product.